Hey, I know you're here for the podcast, but give me 30 seconds to talk about a new service we just released for anyone working in a CPG brand. Finding the perfect co-packer or supplier can be a real pain. You spend hours Googling options, texting your colleagues, asking around different Slack groups, and still you get nothing. That's why we created Fiddle Connect Consulting, a done-for-you service that does all of the hard work of finding your dream co-packer or supplier. Best of all, it's 100% guaranteed and you get three free months of Fiddle Inventory Operations software included. Interested? Just go to lp.fiddle.io forward slash FCC. That's lp.fiddle.io forward slash FCC. Now, on with the episode. Welcome to the Physical Product Movement, a podcast by Fiddle. We share stories of the world's most ambitious and exciting physical product brands to help you capitalize on the monumental change in how, why, and where consumers buy. I'm your host, Ken Ojuka. Hey, this is Taylor Howe, the marketing manager at Fiddle, and I am back again hosting another episode. Super stoked to share this episode with you uh, where I interviewed Dev Sevi, the head popper and CEO of Sizzle Popcorn. Our conversation ran the gamut in the best way. We talked about how an old popcorn machine sparked Dev's idea to start Sizzle, why he focuses on immediate action over long-term planning, how he launched a successful NFT component to his brand, and tons more. I really hope you dig this conversation as much as I did. Cool. Hey, Dev, welcome to the Physical Product Movement Podcast, my friend. Great to have you here. Thanks for taking Thank the time. You. Thank you very much, Taylor. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. It's been fun. Uh, I've been following you on LinkedIn for a little while, so I see your content and posts. You have a very uh, engaging way of creating content and kind of been following Sizzle from afar. And, you know, as I was thinking about who, like which founders, which people that are part of the CPG space I wanted to bring on, you were kind of the one of the first people that came to mind so i'm stoked well, to chat you. with you well appreciate it yeah you know what i don't always post like every day it's more like when i feel inspired and something's going on in my life or in business and and i have the urge to share yeah uh, and i think that people will relate to it that's when i do it that's awesome that's yeah. awesome i feel like people have different um i guess philosophies or you know kind of I guess, uh, strategies they follow when it comes to content and so i think yeah. that you can sometimes tell when somebody's just trying to post to post because maybe they're not really, you know, it doesn't really feel as genuine or real. So maybe that's part of the part of why, you know, your content is more attractive that way because you're, you know, posting when you have like, when there's like some feeling behind it, some truth behind exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a very emotional writer anyways. Yeah. I, that's I awesome. feel, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, cool. And actually, I don't know if there's a connection here and because we talked about this before the podcast, um, uh, we talked a little bit about like, you know, the future, like, are you into planning and goals and like, what's your five-year plan and that sort of thing. And you said that, you know, it's always a weird question for you to answer because, um, because sometimes you don't plan that far ahead or, or, you, or you just, you just don't know where things are going to be. And I think, and I'm the same way. And I'm also an emotional kind of person who like likes to write and create and stuff and my in my kind of my sentiment comes through in my creativity so i wonder if there's like a connection there like between 
being more emotional. I don't know if that's a way to put it. And, and, and like being like being more present and not wanting to like predict or control things too much. That's kind of a weird yeah. question, but well, well, oh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, a lot like emotion plays a big part in what I do and how I do things. I need to feel a certain way. I mean, not not to say that I that I just completely stop things like because discipline and um, you know concentration and consistency is a big big factor in, in moving forward and things. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if you could deploy um, you know a certain level of emotion attached to like logical thought, I think that those two have a great balance. Mm-hmm. If you can if you can control both your logical thought and your emotional side of things and sort of combine them, um, that could get you to that place where you're, you know, further ahead than where you are today. But at the same time, staying in the moment and realizing that if you don't hit those goals, or if your pl- plans don't pan out, you know, in that five year plan, which, you know, it not always goes according to plan, because even the largest companies in the world never stick to plan, like five years comes, and they're not where they thought they'd be according to yeah. their plan. So you know, yeah, but more like on a small scale, I'd say like personally, um, it's a combination of both, you know, thought and emotion has to, I have to have that balance. Yeah, very, very cool. I think it's cool that you're self-aware enough to know the value of having both of those things and kind of when to deploy, to use your words, like the different personalities is probably the wrong word, but like the different approaches. Traits. Yeah, approaches, traits. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, let's just kind of start from the top. I'd love to hear the origin story behind behind Sizzle. Sure. Okay. I mean, uh, so basically, I, I didn't start off um, with the intention of of um, you know founding a CPG uh, business or a food product business at all. The initial intention was to start an events business, so servicing local events. And the plan. So going back to our conversation about plans. <laughs> Um, was Love to expand, yeah, was to expand, you know, across Canada, um, you know, um, setting up these like local service based, um, I guess, sizzle your events. It was called sizzle popper initially. And I, I recently changed the name to sizzle your events. Okay. So I wanted to have like these sizzle popcorn, but now sizzle your event hubs and teams in each city across Canada, servicing events, marketing through Google, um, organically, basically, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I started doing um, in 2018, which was like the first year that this events business started. Mm-hmm. I started doing events in Montreal locally, learning the ropes. I was 25, so I was still a kid, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, but I just took a chance, bought, uh, you know, a few popper machines and started going to these events, doing free stuff, just getting mm-hmm. experience, knowing how to do it, go about it, deal with people, um, have great conversations, um, just build myself up a little bit, build up the, the, the company. And then through that, um, you know, momentum started. Uh, we started gathering steam. People tried the popcorn because with, um, and, and, you know, with events and, and the rentals, we had like these shaker flavors getting very specific here, mm-hmm. uh, but it's all part of the story. So it's, it's, a, it's important. Yeah. Um, when, whenever people would take a bag of popcorn, so sizzle popcorn, whatever, actually, whatever I was serving then is actually in our, our bags now and our products. So but I'll get to that. Um, so they were able to shake flavors on the popcorn. Okay. And like these little shaker, shaker bottles. 
And as I went to more and more events, people started asking if they could buy the popcorn, like mm. at a store or online, like, do you sell it? Cause you know, I, I, I figured like, uh, I, they thought it was like really good. And they, they, it was like, had a good flavor. It was light. It was crunchy. It was different. Not like movie theater popcorn. And I said, no, actually right now we're only doing events. But as those questions came up more often, I thought to myself, like, why don't I just try to actually do that? People are asking, there must be a market for it. You know, so it was like, I was always uh, testing my product out and I yeah. didn't know, you know, like I was, I was always getting feedback about what would be in the bags eventually. And so um, about, I'd say eight months after I initially started, um, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. And I found a designer, um, had a cool meeting, like a three hour meeting one day. And this is in March, 2019. So going back to almost three years ago, coming up, you know, March, 2022, it's going to come up pretty fast. It's going to be three years that, you know, Sizzle was born. Cool. Um, yeah. And so March, 2019, I sat down with a designer. We came up with a whole like um, backstory on what the brand is going to look like, who the target demographic was going to be. Uh, and then through all those elements, we came up with like the um, feeling for the brand, like how we're going to make sure people can relate to it. So through the character that we have is our mascot, which is Rocket, so the little devil character. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, I mean, you could check it out on our website uh, or on all our socials. Um, he's our mascot. He looks like a devil, basically. Uh, and that really relates to the target demographic that we're, you know, sort of trying to relate to, which is the gamer market, the online entertainment, content creation, like everybody in that space, or the majority of people in that space have their own personas. So um, they're exciting, they're bold, they're edgy. And those, actually, those are actually the three key words that we use to sort of build the brand. It's like every brand needs to have three key words, which I believe, like if you want to really hit the nail on the head, um, and then you build around those three words, those keywords that you come up with to figure out like how you want to uh, portray your product through branding. Because like I could have just did like a plain, simple bag, just like, you know, sizzle popcorn logo or not. And then just like a bunch of descriptions. But like, I don't think it would have hit that hard if we did that. So we really had to go niche with it um, and really like visually um, knock it out of the park. Um, so like, yeah, and through the process of sitting down with the designer, I learned like tons. It was like a, a time warp, like pressure cooker class on branding. Um, we had like four or five sessions of intense talk about how we're going to do the brand. And then we came up with the concept. Um, yeah, we came up with our first, our first version bag, with, which was just a label. They're not, as the, they're not the bags that you know that, that are today. Um, there was the first version where I was labeling every bag by hand and that was for, uh, I did that for about a little less than a year, I'd say. And then I realized that I had to switch or transition to a more of like an official bag, uh, which then I, you know, reconnected with the designer and we came up with a whole new concept. Um, and yeah, and we made it look like an adventure game, sort of like think like Zelda or um, just any other game that like takes on a journey that there's a main character and you play that as that main character. Mm -hmm. And that's what we came up with really. Um, we made Rocket the main character and just, you know, put the product out as if it were a game and experience. And yeah, and that's really how 
you know, Sizzle Popcorn started from the day that I started in events to today, basically. Okay, man, there's so much yeah. in there that I would love to dig dig into. Um, Good. I think it's cool, like all the different approaches that you took and how you kind of started off with one thing, but then slowly um, kind of pivoted into where you are now. Like when you were um, when you were doing the events, were you hosting the uh, events or were you just going to events in the area and kind of serving your popcorn there, like with events that friends put on or people that you knew? Yeah, uh, I wasn't hosting the events myself. Um, I, I knew people that were having events and they invited me or I asked if I could attend with my machines. Okay. I thought that that would be a good way to expose the service to the public. Um, sometimes I got hired like, um, like paid, paid gigs, like people rented it with a server and I was the server. Um, yeah, so that's really what, um, what I did. Um, it was a variety of things. Okay. I, I think that's super cool. I mean, th- you're the you're the first brand fan that I've talked to that kind of launched the way that you did. But I feel like a very similar way that other brands do it is they launched them at um, farmers markets. But some of them, I feel like they might even at the beginning want to. They know that they want to launch like an actual CPG brand, you know, like a like sell it sell in stores and that kind of thing. Yeah. But you were kind of going the other way where you didn't even know that that's what you wanted to do or weren't or like you were, but you just wanted to be able to do popcorn at these events. Which I think it's cool. So why did you start with popcorn? What was it about that? That, yeah, they wanted to do, uh, made you yeah, want to start with a, that. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. So um, my family, this is like a family thing. Um, my family actually had a, a local shop in Montreal where they sold the kitchenware. Okay. Um, and like, on like the main boulevard in, in Montreal, it's called Boulevard Saint Laurent. Um, for those of you that heard of it, I don't know if anyone that's listening heard of that, but um, yeah, they used to have a shop there and they actually had an old popcorn machine in their basement of the store, which was corroded and rusted and old. And, and I wanted to use it because they had like street sales and they used to actually sell popcorn at the street sales. This is going back like 30, 35 years. Um, so it's, it's a long rooted story. Um, yeah, and I, I wanted to, to to pull it up and, and just like that entrepreneur in me, I guess, wanted to sell something. Mm-hmm. And I, there was an opportunity and I couldn't use that machine. So what I did was I went out, got my own little four ounce popcorn machine, which is like tiny, tiny home use machine. Um, and then started selling it on the street. And mm-hmm. really that's how I got into popcorn. I never knew, uh, I, I didn't intend for that to happen. It just sort of just like popped up in my life through family and, and just like being around the shop and, and just kind of growing up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then from there, it's just like snowballed. Like it took a long time for it to really come through. Um, but eventually it sort of like grew on me and like more and more. And I realized that I really love popcorn and yeah, that's where it stemmed from. Like just like an innocent, like situation where it's just like, I wanted to sell popcorn on the street because my family did that. And they just, let it go because the machine ruined got ruined and mm-hmm. so I sort of brought it back to life and then I it took on a new life of its own and now it's like started from a basement in my family shop with a rusted old machine to now having a a brand that I sell online you know so it's that's like awesome huge extremes yeah it's like it's crazy yeah that's awesome though like one of my favorite things to hear um from anyone that creates art or products like yourself is like how like where that first seed was planted that led to what it is now. I think that's always so fascinating because it's never like 
you woke up one day and then sizzle was built to what we see it as it is now. It's like there was years and all yeah. sorts of things that happened that led up to where it is now and to when you launch the business. I always think that's super fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy. Actually, really cool. if I think, yeah, if I think about it, this whole idea started 30 years ago and I wasn't even born. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts, man. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more. I kind of want to dig into how you kind of how you make the popcorn now. Um, so you were making it with the machines at the events and you eventually started like people were asking if they could buy it online. So you started selling it there and that's kind of where you're focused now. How do you make the popcorn? Uh, it's all by hand, actually. We're not uh, we're not working with a co-packer just yet. Okay. We don't have the uh, volume for that. Um, okay. Or the capacity even to do so, like uh, just like business-wise. Um, but yeah, it's all by hand in a commercial kitchen, uh, and I'm actually using um, one of the machines that I own for the longest time now. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, I just sort of transitioned from events to doing it like this. Mm-hmm. for now temporarily but i am working on solutions to grow that production capacity and scale um it's, it's the hardest thing man like the production and, and fulfillment side of the business is like the the toughest parts of like running a direct-to-consumer cpg business and ask any founder and they'll tell you the same um it's like super super tough and that's really like the hurdle i'm trying to jump over is making sure that we can produce enough to scale and then scale enough to meet demand. You know, it's just like a whole like chicken and chicken and the egg, you know, like I'm trying to figure it out, but yeah, right now we're at a point where we're just doing it by hand and um, building brand awareness, putting out content, partnering with uh, content creators. That's a whole different side of it, but yeah, production wise, it's, uh, it's by hand. We're we're in grind mode, startup grind mode. And you know, yeah, that's how we're doing it. That's awesome. So the commercial kitchen um, kind of going in that direction. And you mentioned that you that you kind of have thought about doing it in a co-pack or two, but don't have the volume yet. So yeah. what kind of went into your thought process of do I make it on my own or do I work with a co-pack or what, what was that process like? Uh, I wanted to make sure that the uh, product had a fit in the market um, and that our community would actually back the product mm. or that we could actually build a community around the product, mm-hmm. you know, like. So that was really what I wanted to do first. And also, as I mentioned before, like the labeled bags, I wasn't able to have enough bags to actually do a first run mm. with a co-packer. So like costs were a factor. Uh, I didn't have the capital um, to do to do that. Like it's all it's all like relative. Yeah, to yeah. Just like starting up, I didn't have enough of like of a I guess like a, a I guess I would say a seed you know, um, mm-hmm. to actually get into co-packing right away. And yeah, if you don't have that, the road is a little longer or a lot longer. Um, but yeah, that's really what it was. I wanted to make sure that we'd be able to actually have longevity with the product and not just have like an in and out fly by night type product. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really where that stems from. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's smart in lots of ways. Like people sometimes just want to I think like the thing that we see most covered in in the news and like in um, on social media and stuff is these companies that get all this funding and yep. how great that is and stuff. And that is really kind of sexy and exciting. But I think some of the best businesses are built by someone like you who who has a passion, sees a need and just kind of slowly does what they can with what they have. And even if it wasn't intentionally to validate it, you're validating it as you go along, even though it sounds like it was intentional for you. Um, and like with each, 
and you're just kind of taking small measured steps in the direction that you want to go and not biting off more than you can chew. And I totally think that's smart. Um, so it sounds like you have goals of getting to the point where you're working with a co-packer, but like right now, do you, do you, I mean, do you help produce it a lot? Do you have a, do you have a team that comes in? Like, what's that process like? It's all me right now. It's all you. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. The hustle. <laughs> yeah. The hustle. It's, 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 it's tiring though. Like sometimes I, I feel like I'm going to like just collapse, but I keep going and I find the strength. Uh, yeah. And, uh, it's it's all about just like getting to the next step you know i'm i'm working yeah. to get out of that situation because i can't stay in that forever it's just right super draining and energetically i i, I use a lot of my creative energy towards producing it mm -hmm. and then that, i sometimes lack in the in the area of being able to think of like what we're going to be doing next to promote the brand and just yeah. managing managing everything plus producing it's crazy but yeah yeah uh it's just me for now that's awesome, man. I mean, props. Um, I've never been in the situation that you're in, but um, my late my late wife, my first wife, Laura, she um, founded a skincare brand back in 2010. And she, I watched her, it was like right when I first started dating and I watched her build that business on her own. Like she started much like you did. Um, and she made it on her own, like by herself in every apartment that she lived in, she would have a, like a little corner of her bedroom where she would go and make the products and, and send it out and stuff. And, um, and so I just, I mean, hear, hearing you talk about making your product just makes me think of how she did it with hers. And I just remember like the passion and the fire and the enthusiasm that she had for it. And it wasn't easy and there were lots of hard days, but um, that business is still uh, running today. There's more people behind it now. And so I just think that's a really special thing for you to be doing, you know, to have that passion hustle and to be having all having your hands in like all different parts of the business. I think that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. I wear, I wear a lot of hats and so, sorry to hear about your, uh, your late wife. Um, oh, thanks man. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's a good story. Yeah. It's uh, and I could, yeah, I see how, how it would be relatable. Like, yeah it's, it's like every aspect of the business um like if if one day I'm, I'm not doing production i'm doing something else and you know like it's like dealing with people um, placing orders for for supplies and i'm like the supply chain manager the production manager <laughs> the the you know it's like crazy like the yeah. social media manager some days like the community so, managers it's yeah crazy. the website your website like, man, doing yeah, promos um, on website yeah yeah the dev guy the marketing guy like man boom my head explodes it's a lot yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Well, with your, um, I had a question on the top of my, on the tip of my tongue and I don't remember what it was. Um, oh, it was like, so, so since you're managing all the operations right now, are you just tracking it all in spreadsheets or is there like a certain software that you use to manage it all? Uh, well, we're running our site on Shopify. Okay. So that, that makes it really easy. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like inventory and tracking like uh, numbers and data and analytics, I'm, I'm doing it all through spreadsheets. Cool. Uh, so updating it manually and, and automating things when I can. Mm -hmm. um, so like obviously costs and like, like projections for the year and budgeting and just everything related to the whole business end or the finance end of it. Mm -hmm. That's all spreadsheet um, supported. Uh, so Google Sheets, the free version, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there's no like specific tool right now, but you never know. I might need that tool um, in the future. Like when it comes to like accounting, you know, QuickBooks, 
I'm sure right. tons of people use QuickBooks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, try to automate as much as I can. And you know what? I didn't mention this, but I actually have, I do have a team of people helping me. Oh, like, cool. Remotely. So I'm not doing entirely everything myself, but just more like the major things I'm doing myself. Mm-hmm. So like everything that those people can't do because they're not physically here with me working. Uh, so I have somebody actually doing customer service. Um, so answering tickets, doing like on-site uh, chat support when mm-hmm. needed. Somebody somebody running our Twitter account because we're really big on Twitter. That's where our whole community lives. It's yeah, them. that makes sense. Our, yeah, it, it lives on Twitter. The conversation happens there. Um, somebody doing like um, partnership management, uh, which is like affiliates. And we have like this whole program that we're running. Um, yeah, it's somebody doing community management, content creation. We have a photographer. Uh, it's, it's, it's cool. There's so many, so many aspects to the business. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But you have a really big focus on the kind of the customer ex- experience, the content, the community side of things. So it makes sense that you've got some people that are helping you with okay. that. And then you can focus on making a quality product and then managing all the other stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. And those people are, are actually, you know, um, part of the community and they wanted mm-hmm. to join the team. Just because they support the brand so much, awesome. uh, yeah, they 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 reached out or, or or we made an announcement like we were looking for this role, and then they, you know, threw their hat into the pile, and we sort of picked them to come join the team, and uh, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Like um, right now, um, it's just like they support the mission, uh, they, they they see where it's going, and it's just like they want to be a part of it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome that you've, that you've, you know, that you've built up that kind of a brand and have that kind of a connection with them that they'd be willing to do that kind of work for you. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. It's not for me. It's for the, it's for sizzle. Like I would yeah, say yeah, yeah. for sizzle, for sizzle. No one works for Thank me. For we all work me, together yeah. for the better of the brand. That's really what it is. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think it's awesome that you're kind of doing it all through spreadsheets right now, as much as, um, you know, I work for an inventory management software company. I use lots of soft software, but in-house, we probably use Google Sheets to manage more things than we do actual software, you know, <laughs> because they're just so easy to create, you know, like yeah. it, they'll always ha- have a place, like no matter how good your software is and how good, you know, different things are like, you'll always use those for something in your business because they're, yeah. you know, you can just yeah. start from scratch, make it do what you want it to do, right? Exactly. Yeah, plug-in formulas. Yeah, formulas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, duplicate them. So um, when you have like challenges or problems with the operation side of things, or I guess with anything in business, like where do you typically start when you're looking for solutions? That's a very good question. Uh, Google searches. That's <laughs> or or I reach out to my network, like people that I know. Yeah. Like maybe they could give me some advice. Maybe they have ideas. Like um yeah it's tough like a lot of cpg people are are really really packed and they're really busy and they're focused Mm -hmm. on their own thing but i do have a circle of people that i can reach out to if i am really stuck yeah and i'm in a and i'm in like a heavy pickle and i cannot get out of it um there's always those people that i can reach out to um but i I do a lot of like self-education um and to me like if you have an issue that means there's a solution like you're never you're never stuck basically it's just like you're only stuck in your mind and then everything else mm-hmm. is, is, is available and there's always a solution. So, yeah, I mean, if you can't find a solution, create one. And that's, that's really what I'm about. It's just like, you got to find, 
a way to do it and pick a path. And then eventually you'll come around, like even if it takes longer than you expect. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what I do even is it's like this. It's like, if I can't land on a solution to my problem, I just sort of let it be. Mm-hmm. And then and then as, as the time goes on, the problem more or less solves itself. That's cool. You know, I don't know how it happens. It just does. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I, you know, I think about it and then like sort of clears up the problem. And then I'm like, okay, why don't I just do this? And then whatever this is usually, I wouldn't say usually, but, but a lot of the time it's kind of the same thing, but it, it, it works out. It helps. And then if it doesn't totally cure the problem and at least helps eliminate part of it. Mm-hmm. And then through like, continue like continuous movement i guess the problem fades and then like it's just like not really an issue i don't know it's not like that for everything but a lot of the time that's what it is yeah i think that's super cool i mean you know like you said you can tend to like some of us we, we can get stuck on the problem in our mind if we don't at least take some kind of action towards it but a lot of times like you know you can like reach out to your circle like you said you can you can do a Google search, you can read a book or listen to a podcast, but sometimes not even that solves the problem. And so you get to a point where you just have to kind of let it go and it either will solve itself or, or maybe like, you know, two months down the road, you're in the shower and like the solution pops in your mind or like the next thing to try. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 What are like, some of the ways that you like to self-educate? I heard you mention that. Uh, I like reading a lot. Um, I watch a lot of videos about from like with people that are, I'd say ahead of me in certain spaces mm. or aspects or that I've educated themselves through other people and share their knowledge. Mm. Like the knowledge is endless, especially nowadays with the internet, you can yeah. literally learn anything from anyone and apply it and then, and then do like a, a cross reference with someone else who may have similar experience, you know, with whatever you're trying to learn. Um, no matter what industry you're in, there's a, there's always education to be had. Yeah. So yeah, with the internet these days, like you're, 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 you're never limited on what you can learn and how you learn it. And it's all free. Like yeah. you just have to be curious and, and know like sort of how to, how to use tools to learn. Mm-hmm. When I say tools, it's, it's really, even on social media, like, like, you know, people maybe may not like, you know, learning from social media, but I think if you listen and watch the right things, yeah. Um, but also sort of taking a logic, like sort of like a stance towards like, not, not like maybe not everything being total truth. You gotta, you gotta keep that, you know, in the back of your mind when watching content or mm-hmm. consuming content or watching videos, like question what you're watching, mm-hmm. but also learn from it. So yeah, um, there's pros and cons to learning online. I think, uh, and I'm, I'm self-taught with a lot of things like, uh, website building, self-taught, um, building businesses, self-taught, even though yes, my family is like very business oriented. Um, they're not like business oriented in today's world. Mm -hmm. They're more of like a traditional business, uh, mindset, I'd say. So like everything that's like today and like what's coming in the future is all self-taught and through trial and error. So yeah, just, you guys, you just got to try things. Um, if they don't work, you learned, if they work great, you learned. Sure. Um, so like, don't be afraid to make mistakes, uh, or fail. And I think, um, yeah, education is, um, just, uh, you know, the second part of failing. Um, yeah, I love I've, that. I've, yeah, I've failed a lot. I've made so many mistakes. 
I've spent money that I didn't need to spend, which was a waste, <laughs> but I learned, you know, um, yeah, it's just everything. Just try everything, do everything, try everything, just have fun. That's really what it is too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. When you're, uh, looking for places to learn, like, do you have any like favorite YouTube channels or like podcasts or like websites that you tend to like gravitate towards, or is it always just kind of starting with a Google search and going kind of down the rabbit hole that way? Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a go-to site, uh, YouTube, but YouTube is everybody yeah. uses YouTube. Lots on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really depends like what I'm looking for when I like in school, university, um, mm -hmm. it's what I learned is like the big thing is like, I went to, I was in communications and the big thing that I took away from going to university and communications was the medium is the message. So whatever you're mm -hmm. using to either get your information or communicate is really how you're communicating. So uh, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but it, it really <laughs> keep on going. It's good. <laughs> it, yeah, it really like it really depends, you know, what you're using to learn. Uh, so either that's like um, I don't know, books. Books are different than what you read online. They're more detailed. You know, it's just like all. It really depends. Like, there's no like set thing that I go to. Um, it's like you know whatever market or whatever industry you want to learn about or whatever topic you want to learn about go to the tool that that industry uses mm. and you may have luck in learning about that or that topic based on I get you. you know it really depends like what you want to learn about i got you yeah so it's kind of like if you want to learn how to use shopify better like build a website go to shopify type type thing Sort of, yeah, sort of build, yeah, yeah, get a 14-day trial, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm advertising yeah. for Shopify, but <laughs> anyway, sign, yeah, sign up for a service, try it out, um, if you don't like it, okay, if, if you do, then you learned, um, yeah. or watch a video about it, um, but it's not the same thing, like watching a video and actually applying, it's, 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 it's different, so, for sure, yeah, it depends what level you want to take it to, if you're just curious, you know, if it's like a, learning out of curiosity you watch mm. a video if you want to like put it into action you actually do it um i'm more of like an action person and maybe sometimes i do both i watch and action at the same time yeah um which is like a very cool way of doing it uh so like i'd watch a video do the steps in the video pause it you know and then go back and then finish it as a, like an assignment sort of yeah yeah i i think that's a superpower in, in today's internet age because we can trick ourselves into thinking that we're learning when we're just consuming a lot of content. And I say this because I'm like a pro at doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I read a book or listen to podcasts. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I can go run profitable Facebook ads now. Yeah, but you, you're, you're like brain thinks like, oh, I have those steps. I'm good. But like actually doing it, a lot of times it doesn't work the way that they said it will. And that's yeah. because it's not always exactly the same for every situation. But yeah. then like there's like something about our brains where we have to we have to do it in order to internalize it and in order for it to become a part of us. So I think it's cool that you'll watch, pause, implement, watch, pause, implement. Like that's probably why you're able to, that's probably why you've been able to do so much in a short amount of time is because you've got that habit. I think that's cool. Yeah. 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 It's like you learn and apply at the same time. You don't just learn then apply. Right. It's like simultaneous. Yeah. yeah. And I think about this a lot because our, and this is kind of going off topic a little bit, but it's, a, I guess it's a little bit of a tangent from where we are now, but like 
we talk a lot, and this is just, I guess, Western society. We think that learning means you like go to a classroom and you sit and then someone talks at you and we call like, and then we go and we get home from class and our parents are like, what did you learn in school today? Right. But the older you get, and when you build a business, it like, it doesn't ever become more apparent than when you're building a business because you have to execute on so many things. Like you don't really learn that way. Like that's not really learning. Like you didn't really learn it. Like maybe you heard it or you understood it, but like you can't actually do it. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. There's like, I feel like that kind of whole notion of how you learn and that kind of thing is a little bit, not you, but just like in, in general, you know, it's just kind of, I feel like it's changing. Yeah. We have a, uh, we have a very theory based way of learning. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, last question about how you make the product. Cause this is just one part that I always find super fascinating. Um, how do you go about like um, sourcing your ingredients and materials, like the popcorn, the seasoning, the packaging, and that kind of thing? What does your process look like for that? Uh, well, it, it took a bit of trial and error. Again, going back to trial and error, I had yeah. to um, find the right suppliers, make calls, test out product, um, see if it would be good. Uh, I, I don't get it all from one supplier. Uh, so popcorn, we get it locally from actually Ontario. We're based in Quebec. So I order it from another province, get it shipped. Um, that's one thing. Um, seasonings, uh, we don't make any, we don't make the seasonings in house. We source them from suppliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say who obviously, but yeah, um, cool. yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, just finding like what, what, what works in terms of supplies and then just like making sure there's a flow. Mm-hmm. You know, always coming in and out, not having too much, not having too little, having enough to sustain like current demand. Yeah. Uh, it took me a couple of years to figure out who and what I needed to make the product as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, it's just about if anyone's having any challenges, like with like supply management or, or sourcing their products, uh, don't stop making those calls, uh, like reach out to, you know, as many suppliers as you can find good pricing if you can negotiate your prices, do so. Um, suppliers, mm. they want your business, especially nowadays. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, if, if you think that a, you know, a certain supplier could work well with you and, and, and they have a good product, but your budget may not meet their demands, ask the question. You, know, you never know, you may, you may even spark a great relationship with them. Um, yeah, just, it's just about trying, trying um, to, to kindle relationships with people. And that's really what it is. It's, you gotta be, very friendly with your suppliers. It's more than just a, a uh, you know, a client cust- uh, or just like an operator client or customer relationship uh, yeah. it's, or, or transaction. It's, it's really a person to person thing. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And it's, it's uh, I think it's cool that you mentioned the relationship aspect of it because all the different people that I talk to, it doesn't matter if it's a brand, like someone from a, a brand like yourself or someone that works for a co-packer, they all say, they all say that it comes back to that same thing. Like it's all about the human to human relationships that you have with both, with both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Cause without, without them, your business doesn't roll. So yeah, yeah. You got to be there for them and they got to be there for you. And they know that. Uh, and as a founder for a product or food product, company or whatever company you're running, you got to have good relationships with your suppliers. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, cool. So I want to pivot to talk about Sizzle a little bit. Well, we've we've been talking about Sizzle. I want to talk about like what you're doing with Sizzle now. And there's two different things that we talked about before the call. 
that I'm super stoked to dig into. One is your spooky week that you're doing. Yeah. And you can tell everyone what that means. And the second is NFTs. Sure. Ready, okay. set, go. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, right. So basically, yeah. So we're recording this uh, right before Halloween. It's uh, and, and so today I decided uh, that we we're going to run like a mystery week for our popcorn. Basically, usually we have um, six visible flavors on our website. But this week, um, just this week, only for the whole year, we're just doing like mystery bundles where um, you don't know what you're going to get in the bundles. It's, it's obviously going to be, you know, one a variety of the six flavors that we have. Um, but because it's Halloween, I wanted to make it sort of like spooky and a mystery. You know, you never know. It's like fun. And that's what Sizzle is all about. It's all about fun. It's all about games. It's all about entertainment. So um, as a community, um, like I want, like you always have to like sort of reward them, make it interesting. It can't just be like, you know, buy our popcorn and that's it. You got to have fun with it. You know, Yeah. Uh, I treat Sizzle as like a, a game, like a video game, like, and think of like this, like, we set, it, we, we set it up so that the bundles sort of look like an unlock character type mode, like where you're at a certain level in a game and you didn't unlock a power up or a certain character. And like, if you visit the site this week, um, which is the mystery week, you'll see mm -hmm. that the, there's question marks on every bundle um, and you don't know what you're gonna get. So you could get like, let's say for, we have a six pack that we offer as an example, you could get three of one flavor and then one of each of three different flavors. And we don't usually offer that, but it's it's this week only. Yeah, and it's just cool. It's like something I've never tried before, and uh, it's just like an activation I wanted to test out. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you have you have me sold. I'm like so. I'm 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 super curious to see what the mystery packs are. I get. Do you guys ship to the U.S.? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sweet. I'm gonna jump on after after we chat and buy awesome. some. Appreciate. I like it. it. Um, all right. So that's, so that's cool. I think, uh, you know, the fact that you treat business as a video game, I think is super cool and fascinating. Um, and that like makes it sound like I'm making fun of you or like that you take it lightly, but, and that's not at all my in, intention. I think that if all of us could treat our lives as games more, like we'd probably have more fun and yeah. maybe even be more successful, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, yeah. You can't take it too. Yeah. You can't take it too seriously. You gotta have fun. Like if yeah. you're not having fun, then there's no point. For sure, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fun, we both chatted a little bit before about how we're kind of, we've been going down the NFT rabbit hole. Um, I just barely started a few weeks ago. The fact that you've got something launched means that you're far farther ahead than I am, but I'm curious just to hear kind of how you're, yeah, tell me more about that project, like what you're doing with NFTs and how you're pairing it with your brand. Sure. Uh, okay. So we did, we did like a, a launch at the beginning of this month. So October 1st. Um, yeah, it was actually through, uh, I could tell, I could tell you it's public. So uh, we actually did it through thetadrop.com. So okay. it's, it's Theta TV, which is a streaming platform, which is uh, backed by the Theta network. So it's basically a crypto backed um, streaming service, streaming okay. platform. Uh, and how their platform works is um, when you stream on it or you view streams, you collect T-Fuel, which is the protocol token for Theta. So basically for transactions, uh, everything goes through T-Fuel, but it runs on the Theta network. And the Theta network is the Theta token or the Theta coin is their asset. The T-Fuel is their protocol, so for transactions. Um, so basically with them, the reason why we dropped it through them and not through like another open platform was because uh, last year, March, 2020, 
we actually partnered up with them and have an embed on our website to stream theta.tv streams on our site directly. Okay. Um, yeah, and then and then recently they actually launched a platform to um, facilitate NFT drops. And because I have, you know, I know I know the team over there, and we've been working together for over a year. I reached out to the uh, partnership manager, and uh, you know, sh shot over the idea that I wanted to launch an NFT for Sizzle, and uh, and you know, they got and they said yes uh, right away, sort of. And it took about uh, two to two and a half months to actually put it all together. So like get the idea down, the design, like what we wanted to do, how many pieces we wanted to mint, uh, what date we wanted to drop it on. And uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, what we did was we, we launched three different um, versions of our NFT, actually four, um, but three limited editions, uh, limited edition mints. So, and we did it related to the flavors that we had. And we used Rocket our, as our mas our mascot to actually be like a character for the NFT. So if you think mm -hmm. about like all the cool projects going on right now. Yeah, it's very ca character based. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what we did. We took inspiration from all the other projects going on right now and sort of implemented it um, or put our own sizzle spin on it, if you want to call it. Um, yeah, and uh, we 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 uh, included redeemable redeemables into the NFT. So. Um, if you bought an NFT, let's say a cheddar one, mm -hmm. uh, you, you get a three-month supply of cheddar sizzle popcorn and cool. and an NFT-based hoodie, uh, which had the ah. NFT, which had like the, the NFT character on the chest. Love so it. it's like if you bought the NFT itself, you got physical products as redeemables that came along with it. Um, okay. Yeah. And that, that went crazy. Um, we sold out in eight minutes after the drop. Which is nuts, and then uh, we had an um, we had an unlimited open edition that ran for three days, and that sold like crazy too. We sold two thousand mints of those. Oh wow, um, that's nuts, man! Congrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It went nuts. Yeah, we, we had a it was a great day to say the least. Um, yeah, so I mean that's really what we did, and getting further into that, I think um, the whole thing behind what I'm going to be focusing on moving forward into next year, two thousand twenty two is I really want to um, involve Sizzle in the whole Web3 crypto movement, mm -hmm. the whole digital digital world movement. Um, not to say that I'm totally against retail and, and traditional groceries, grocery, but I, I just, I don't think that, that there's room for Sizzle there um, and that the potential to grow online as a popcorn brand or snack of the internet and this new internet that's coming about mm -hmm. is like, uh, a massive opportunity it's just like an evergreen land grab right now yeah um yeah so like that's really the focus i want to somehow combine the whole digital new age with sizzle and just like make it you know as part of that whole ecosystem um yeah and then there's like there, there's different things i'm thinking about like launching a token or you know you know uh, putting out another nft drop or project yeah. like there's there's so much yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it, man. Um, Any time that I hear people talking about NFTs on like podcasts and stuff, I feel like they always have to start off by talking about what it means because they are so new to like most people. I don't want to do that because I feel like people can people can Google it. Speaking of Google, right? And they can yeah. learn about what those are. Um, one thing that I think would help the listeners of the podcast just to take this one step further is like 
Um, how do you like, where do you see the future of NFTs and CPGs melding? And maybe you kind of already answered that with kind of what your plans are, but like without giving away necessarily like IP of what you want to do, where do you see the future that way going? Uh, depends what you want to do with it. So um, you could treat it as like a, um, a capital raise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's how I see what we did. But at the same time, not that wasn't the only intention. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I think it's just like validating your brand, um, mm-hmm. getting people, allowing people to sort of own a piece of your brand through these like digital, um, va- like valid, like validated digital smart contracts through crypto mm-hmm. networks. So like it's not just owning JPEGs or files. You're literally you're, you're literally owning IP on uh, a smart network on the crypto network whatever chain you're you're, you're launching on mm-hmm. it's, it's verified so you're like a verified owner of this collectible related to your favorite brand and they that may open doors to you um getting like rewards or being part of a certain pr- uh, program uh or a club um it's it's more than just owning something yeah. It, it, there's there's so many doors that could be open with this um so it's really i think again related to the community aspect of things it's like you you have like the vip pass of like welcome to the club type thing and i think that's where um cpg could go i don't know if it will go there mm-hmm. but i'm just gonna do it anyways because you know maybe it'll start yeah. a movement and then that's where cpg will go um because to me like i think traditional grocery chains they're not going to necessarily go away but i think the way we shop is going to change and especially Mm -hmm. in the near future like five to ten years um so like you're going to go to stores yeah most likely but um this is a little like really like critical thinking but i think we're going to really live in like metaverse type worlds Mm-hmm. And you're going to go grocery shopping digitally. You're not going to actually go to physical sh- stores anymore. Yeah. Like you will, but you could choose not to if you want to. And then I think that's where Sizzle could live. Yeah. As a digital. Super cool. Yeah. As a digital product. And you actually get it shipped to your house. Like, so what we did with mm-hmm. the NFTs. Okay. It'll be like that. But when you shop, so like you buy it. And then you own it and then you could just sort of redeem what you bought and then own that, you know, whatever collectible you got or verified token or whatever it is. And then you'll get your product shipped to you um, through like this never ending circle of blockchain that understands that, you know, you own this part of the company and that you want to redeem it. It's just like this whole, like, I don't know like exactly where it's going to go, but I just know that, that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about the whole industry. And I think it's just like going to be so huge that no one even realizes where, where it's going. Yeah. Um, basically it's like, we're, we're starting the internet all over. And if you can hit something right now, um, and get in early with web three, you'll, you'll be worldwide. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's a great way to end it. I feel like I could just dig into this for another hour with you, but I want to be respectful of your time and also the listeners as well but um i think what the last thing you said hits it on the head is that there's kind of a new internet being born it's almost like we're like to me the energy feels very similar to how it did when um face when face when facebook pages came out for brands like 
not a lot of businesses were on there yet. And like businesses started talking about social media and they're like, Oh, like we have to sign up for Twitter. And they're like, should we be on MySpace? And it's like, no, that one's old. It was like, right. When MySpace or when Facebook overtook my, my space and like yeah. the energy kind of feels very, very similar. So I think you're right that there's something to it. And for the brands that, uh, you know, that feel like drawn to that energy, I think there's like you and Lay that have like gone in and actually executed on it. I think there's a lot of, uh, cool things to be had and a lot of cool opportunities that'll come up that way. So yeah. Dev, thank you so much for your time, man. This was awesome. Is there anything else you want to, you want to throw out there before we wrap up? Uh, if I could just sort of like shout out sizzle, like all the socials please. and everything. Yeah, please. Yeah. So it's, it's at sizzle popcorn on every, every platform, um, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Also you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. It's dev Sevy. So D E V. And then my last name, S-E-V-Y, hit me up on there. Um, uh, yeah, just there's, 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 uh, there's tons that we're doing. If you want to, if anyone's curious to check it out, um, you know, send me a message, say what's up. I'm always happy to talk. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really it. Just uh, Taylor, appreciate the support, the opportunity to come on and, and chat about myself and, and Sizzle. Uh, it's been good. Like, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Same, same here. And I'll just kind of throw a secondary plug in. Um, I don't follow the sizzle socials yet, but I'm going to, um, I have followed you on link on link on LinkedIn for a while, just to learn from you as a founder. So I can say that, uh, those of you that like to connect with founders on LinkedIn, like to be able to, um, kind of commiserates the wrong word, but kind of have, um, other people that are in a similar circle as you. Dev is a great person to follow. He's very real. Um, you know, he doesn't really sugarcoat things and the, and the posts that he shares are really great. So highly recommended follow there. So hi, Dev. Thanks again for your time. Man. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Taylor. All right. Bye. The Physical Product Movement Podcast is brought to you by Fiddle. To find out more about Fiddle and how our industry-leading inventory ops platform is giving modern brands and manufacturers full visibility into their inventory and operations, visit fiddle.io and then make sure to search for physical product movement in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Fiddle, thanks for listening.